This week on the Lords of Grantham podcast, we revisit Poldark Season 1, Episode 1. How does it play on a rewatch now that we know how the show ends? What characters might pop the second time around? And what little nuggets did we miss the first time we watched this? Let's find out. Party's over. The five and, and a half year celebration is in the past. Mm-hmm. And this week, speaking of the past, we're going back, not to where it all began, but where we kind of got our third wind, I guess. Poldark, season one, episode one. What's going on, Corey? You know, I have been really busy, and <laughs> I just finished the episode here, Dave, before we, we started talking. I had to watch in pieces because everything's been hectic for me. And so I don't have any power ranking, spoiler alert. But you're gonna have to wing them. Yeah, it was a it was a nice throwback. I'm glad we did this. Yeah. Oh, I had a blast with this. Uh, but before we get too deep into the weeds, we got our premiere date, uh, October mm-hmm. 29th for Gilded Age. We told you last week we just want to do some throwbacks for the next four episodes, five episodes, however many weeks it is until that premiere. Yep. And when we did Downton, we went back to season one, episode one, after we finished the whole thing. And with Poldark, I forget exactly what it was. I think it was The Crown. We were like, we had to jump into The Crown and get coverage on The Crown going. Yeah. So we did not get to properly revisit the premiere episode. So if you're listening and you say, well, I really want them to revisit this episode of The Crown, this episode of Poldark, this episode of Downton, this episode of uh, Gilded Age, let us know. Tweet us, X us, Instagram us, email us. So, yeah, should we go back to the first episode of The Crown? Do we need to know? Uh, no, the I think I'm good. That's, I, I might put my foot down on several season one and season two episodes of The Crown. Well, maybe not season two, or maybe not even season one. I would watch some Mike and Prince re- Philip. Yeah, no, I, I'd revisit it. I think if we if we just have to do one dose of medicine, I think we'll be okay with The Crown. Mm-hmm. And we'll probably be kinder to it, knowing how, where the show goes. <laughs> yeah, and we do we did like that first cast. It's just. So oh, yeah. much slower than Doubtman, but that's not, yeah. you know, we're not here to litigate the difference of tone between Peter Morgan and Julian Fellows, so. But going from The Crown to Poldark, and this episode, watching this was such a fresh reminder of, like, it kicks ass, man, from the get-go. <laughs> I, I have timestamps written down here of things that that uh, are important to me, that I was mm-hmm. like, I needed to know this, returning to this episode, so. Yeah. You want to just jump into it? Yeah, there's no news out there with Poldark or the Gilded Ages or anything. Poldark coming world back, end. baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no news on that. Um, but well, there's more talk about the Bridgerton next season that's coming on. But uh, and we yeah, got Br- we'll, we got Bridgerton Funko Pops announced. That's a thing. Yeah, we'll been, uh, you know we'll get to it if we get to it, depending on timing. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, but yeah, Bridgerton mm. seems to be back in the zeitgeist. I mean, I think people didn't give a f about season two, but then Queen Charlotte comes around and everyone's like, "Oh, we're, we never left." Yeah. I mean, I, meanwhile, I mean, we're did... here being like, "We did leave. We actively left." Yeah, there, there's people out there. That, season two does have its fans, and we don't want to offend them. But we just didn't get around to it. I don't know if we'll get around to it. But 
let's just go back to Poldark, though. <laughs> mm-hmm. So. We get our Masterpiece Classic intro. I forgot mm-hmm. that was there. Uh, yeah. No, it, it was heartening to see that. Completely forgot about that whole intro. It's a good seal of quality, seeing that PBS uh, drama mm-hmm. kicker at the beginning. And we begin uh, with, with Ross and the war. And the Revolutionary War. Uh, In Virginia. You know, and he's stroking that ring that he's wearing. Yeah, his little pinky ring, that little mafia ring. He's he almost bets it on a, a hand of cards. He says, "No, thank you." And then yeah. uh, his a commanding officer of sorts comes and says, "You know, like what are you rabble rousers doing over here? You gambling?" And Ross mm-hmm. is like, "Yeah, what about it?" <laughs> and this guy's <laughs> like, "What? Are you, why are you even here?" He's like, "Because it was this or getting hung," which I totally forgot. <laughs> Yeah, they give you the, the whole show. rundown of his character that, you know, he's guilty of brawling and assaulting uh, customs officials at one point. <laughs> yeah. So this dude is already in it. It's so it's mm-hmm. it's so funny. And, and I, I will say this, you know, if you are this far into this and have never watched Poldark, we are going to spoil Poldark. Go, the whole, yeah. you know, like nothing is off limits. This is not this episode for the is for the, the, fa- the completionists of Poldark. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, so, knowing how Ross jumps back into the free trading game and it's met with like Demelza telling him like, do, you're not going to do this. Don't do this. And then Ross is like, I almost died. Yeah. I could have been hung for this. And I opted to go to war instead. Yeah, it, it tells you a lot about his character. It, it's, a, it's a funny thing because I think going into the show, we're coming from uh, Dallin and, and the Crown where most people are polite and people of, you know, manners. So mm-hmm. you, I think, in coming into the show for me at least, I carried like that expectation. Oh, Ross will be along those same lines, and even as they tell you explicitly, like this guy likes to fight early on, I'm still thinking, well, let's just talk. You know, <laughs> how how truthful Not, can that really be? Just you wait. <laughs> just yeah. you wait. Uh, Thirty seven minutes. Right, <laughs> and it's funny because the the fight starts breaking out in the Revolutionary War. The, the customs off uh, official who's talking to Ross immediately gets shot. And it's actually a rare occurrence where Ross is caught in the middle of war and then he gets decked in the face, which you never really see that much. He never really gets yeah. caught by surprise. He's like the Joker. He's like, you want to know how I got this scar? Uh, it was yeah. Just a, it was just a blunt end of a gun to my face. Mm-hmm. He's lucky, though, they, they spared him because he just got hit in the face and just knocked out. And then we cut two years. Mm-hmm. Like what is he doing in these two years? Is that something that's ever fully addressed? Uh, you know, Does he like re- resume service? Does he get stitched up? I mean, we know that probably Doctor Doctor Dwight brings him back to life. Yeah. And but but does he just like if they presume him dead? That must mean he's either totally off the grid. Right. Well, he's or across he's the world, his, or he's a prisoner of war too. Right. He's in Virginia, and they have to re- rehabilitate him too. So, y- yeah. That, I, Two years is a long time. Yeah, he's on the lam. It's kind of funny to me, too, considering how much of Boise he is with Dwight. You wonder, because Dwight doesn't make an appearance in this episode, were they still actively trying to cast the, the role or trying to figure out <laughs> what that looks like? Because, uh, yeah, he's not there at all when we flash back to the Revolutionary I think Dwight is the War. doctor that heals him, and we don't see him get healed. So That's true. That is, Well, then that, maybe that's why they're still casting. <laughs> yeah, they're like, no rush. We got a week. Mm-hmm. Our time with Warren Clark is short, so we really need to get to filming. Yeah. <laughs> it's Uncle Charles. 
miss my uncle Charles. Uh, so what is it? We, we see, yeah, Ross returning, uh, but he's not going to Nampara, Nampara first. He's mm-hmm. well, going uh, to the... Before we jump the gun, we have the Ruth, the, the cab ride or the carriage ride with the Teagues, Ruth Teague yeah. and Mrs. Teague, who are basically saying that his dad was a scoundrel and is dead. And mm-hmm. that he's kind of a scoundrel. He's got a bad reputation. Yeah. I, I forgot Ross that Ross's like, father like, Bro, was... I'm not, I'm not sleeping, man. I heard it. I heard yeah. what you said about me. <laughs> I heard you're talking trash. Uh, I forgot that his father's name is Joshua. Just a kind of... That's a name. It's a middle-of-the-road name. Um, but, yeah, he, he's not going to Nampara. He's going to the Poldark family home. Uncle Charles. And it is kind of bracing to see the house so full and alive with people, concerning how empty and destitute it seems by the end of the run of the series. Oh, yeah, and how, how some of these people are just, like, sort of red shirts. Like, we don't know who they are. They don't have any consequence. Mm-hmm. There's, like, a preacher in there. We even got Elizabeth's mom, who you figure would be popping up a little bit more in the show, but doesn't as much as you'd, you'd think she is based on this first yeah, episode. Yeah, considering how her presence is in this episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's he and Ross comes in looking like Captain Jack Sparrow with this big flowy leather duster that he you know becomes known for, but it is so jarring when you first see him in it. Uh huh. He looks he's like what? He's like, "What's up, fam?" He's, his hair is kind of <laughs> short, you know. Yeah. And, and everyone's like, "We, you look like you've seen a ghost." Because it is a ghost. They thought he was dead. Mm-hmm. Oh, and by the way, I did. The, I clocked it. This episode obviously does not start with the cliff. Five minutes and 30 seconds is when we see the first shot of the cliffs of, of Cornwall. They were just figuring out what they had to work with, you know, on this show. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, we got one wide shot. We love it. We just don't know where to place it. And they're like, well, <laughs> save it for five minutes in. Yeah. We'll bump it up sooner. Um, so, yeah, you know, they ask Ross what happened in the war, and he just tells them I was on the wrong side. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, and, yeah, he's just getting to hang with his family. They... they Crosscut to to George for the first time. Well, I mean, it also should be stated that this first scene is just George is after the the first moment in the house. Mm-hmm. This is where Ross is looking around. He sees he's like Elizabeth, you're here. What's going on? What's the party for? Yeah, and Charles is like, I got to announce my my son is engaged to a total babe. And Ross is like, Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Who's the Who's the girl? And they're like. It's Elizabeth. Elizabeth. <laughs> and that's uh, uh, Ross. Roscoe's a little uh, macho man where he just can't mm-hmm. stand anyone being seen with Elizabeth, and he just hauls out of there. He's like, nope. <laughs> you know what? Suddenly I'm not hungry anymore and don't want to visit with you. He sees lust in, in Francis' eyes. That's his, uh, that's his, the macho man in him. Yeah. And that's but, when we get to George, and George is talking with Uncle Carrie about, hey, we could rally Ross, maybe. He's back. This guy has got no money to his name, but you know he's he's got a fighting spirit. He may be an asset to us. Mm-hmm. And George, is, I mean, George physically does not change very much, but his hair in this episode looks like he used some Elmer's glue to style it. <laughs> they were figuring that out, you know. He's got like Conan O'Brien hair. He's got the swirl on the top. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's got a lot of life in him, a lot of vigor. Uh, yeah, yeah. It is funny just to see where they start here because I just did not recall at all that they're thinking, hey, you know, we could be allies. <laughs> yeah. 
But uh, so, so then Ross goes back to Nampara, and he goes in the house, and the house looks like a farm on the inside. Like this is such a. I mean, I remember watching the scene where where obviously Prudy and Judd are are in his master's quarters sleeping, mm-hmm. and. He's like, what happened to this house that you let it get to this level? And yeah. it's one of those things that rewatching it, knowing that Prudy becomes sort of a loyal servant of the family. And, and obviously we know what happens to Judd. But like, why would they want to live in such disarray? They're not. Well, I think it's a matter of just circumstance. You know, what kind of money they have to work with and just having a home to themselves. It's pretty nice. Yeah, but like, would you just have a bale of hay on the floor of your house and a goat inside? You haven't seen my apartment. I see the walls and I don't think there's any dust. (laughs) Hey, stay over there, goat. Stay. (laughs) But Uh, it's to me, it's so absurd that they would like, I understand the sort of roof and the windows being broken. mm -hmm. But like, you want to eat dinner in a room with a goat or in a room with tumbleweeds? I mean, they're not the cleanliness of people, so it doesn't shock me. And this this does also confirm that they are indeed married, Judd and Prudy. You think? I'm almost certain there is a conversation like husband and wife. I have to do a second check. I, I don't. Know. I, w- I mean, wild. I will as well, but I, I'm almost certain in my my rewatch that this uh, the two of them are are like. Obviously, they're an item, but I think they might have been married. Oh, no, they are, because his name is uh, Judd Painter, and she's Prudy Painter. Yes, confirmed. Which I think it's easy to miss, because they don't act like a married couple. They act like uh, a situation ship, if you will. Like They're they're shacking up because they're around the same age, and they both work in the same house. I just like that it just goes unsaid kind of thereafter that they're a couple because they just don't acknowledge yeah, it. because when, like, Judd fake dies, Prudy's like, you rascal! You, yeah. you know, you son of a gun, and it's never like, I lost my husband. No, because, yeah, that's, she never speaks to him in the, those terms, really. Yeah, I think it's the nature of their relationship. But I got they also yeah. do play fast and loose with that kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, how old is Garrick, the dog? Yeah, we can get to that in a bit. Um, mm-hmm. So we we learn that Uncle Charles wants this wedding to happen soon, and he knows we know why. Good old Rossi's yeah. back in town. That's a threat to Elizabeth and her uh, her hormones and her heart. She's mm-hmm. lusting for Ross. That's her man that she thought was dead. Yeah, and she settled on his buffoon cousin, as as Francis is presented in this episode. And the thing is, George is just, or Ross is just killing time working on the farm where he could actively be wooing her. But in the meantime, we got conversations between Francis and Elizabeth where Francis is like, look, if you got something to say, just say it. I'll completely understand. Mm-hmm. And Elizabeth is just saying, I just can't wait to be Francis' wife. I'm okay with that. And Francis it's all is good like, by me. it's all good. It's Yippee! all good. <laughs> Clicks his heels. And then... Francis goes to talk to Ross. Mm-hmm. Look, I settled. Like, I locked it up, man. There's nothing you can do about it. Elizabeth is mine. 
He's like, look, I'm sorry, man. This is what this is what has to happen. Well, he, he reminds goes, him, you've been gone for two years, dude. We thought what we were dead. To do? Yeah. You thought she would, you say, you say, you made no official agreement, my friend. You just came in and tried to play it cool. Mm-hmm. And there, like, Ross is like, let's check out this family mine. Yeah. And Francis is like, sure, man. We got nothing to hide. Let's go. And while they're down there, Ross is like, you're rubbing my nose in it, man, that you're with my my girl. <laughs> Ross is like, give and me he, a minute. He, I've been home for a day. I found out my dad's dead. I haven't even fully processed that. And you telling me yeah. you took my girl from me? Like, come on, bro! And, like, give me, give me a week. And and Francis is so like shocked, he stumbles backwards, like ah, uh, and then falls into some water in the well. We all know what happens there. And he, and yeah, he, he's starting to drown. And, and you for see a that, moment, you see that look in Ross's eye. He says, "I'll, I'll let him. I'll let him go. I got nothing mm-hmm. to lose." He helps Francis though, and Francis tells him. I could have swore you're gonna let me drown there for a second, and Frost is like, "Yeah, what? <laughs> me too. I shoulda." And he says, "How come you don't know how to swim? You're old enough. You should swim, boy." Mm-hmm. And he says, he looks at the camera and he winks. He says, "This will come <laughs> I'm back." I'm never gonna. Hit, I'm never gonna touch water again. <laughs> and then, um, I mean, and we Francis also skipped over from there on out. Francis never goes by water, near water once uh, <laughs> yeah. on the rest of the he's show. He's alert. He's like a, he's like a gremlin. He knows better. A mogwai. Exactly. Exactly. We we did skip over the fact that Pasco uh, doesn't have any good news for Ross. The mine is uh, derelict. The, the his his family home is on a mortgage, so mm-hmm. things aren't looking so great. He can't get a line of credit that easily, which yeah. is what prompts Ross to. You know, do his thing, which is when he starts working, pawning things. And then we cut mm. to this wedding itself, right? Wedding. Oh, we do see uh, some tarot cards with Agatha. I think that's uh, after the wedding itself. Oh, okay. Yeah. So the, the wedding happens in a fortnight. Ross shows up, irons his clothes, and we have the whole wedding. And, and in the at the wedding, Uncle Charles... Pulls Ross aside and he's like, "Don't you think it's time for you to like go to London and get an education? This is a chance for you to start over." Mm-hmm. And Ross is like, "Why on earth would I do something like that?" And <laughs> Uncle Charles is like, "Dude, I think it's the, for the best for all of us if you just sort of hit the road." Yeah, Ross doesn't with Elizabeth. quite get it. She's spoken for. Mm-hmm. You know, they got to maintain some kind of friendship. Elizabeth yep. wants to be friends. Ross. Does not want to be friends. Nope. And then we also see that George shows up to this wedding. Mm-hmm. And Uncle Carrie, and this was something I was keeping my eye open for. The first thing that Uncle Carrie says to George when they get in the wedding, get to this sort of reception where they're dancing is, mm-hmm. I should have bought her for you. Oh. <laughs> Which was something that I did not catch. That's 27 minutes into this episode. Yeah. And I was like. I really need to know if George has the hots for Elizabeth in episode one. And boom, confirmed. Was it George though or Uncle Carrie who said should have bought her for her? From? Uncle Carrie is the one that says to George as George watches Elizabeth right. dance. But it doesn't necessarily mean George was interested because remember season one is when he has that mistress of the, the bar or whatever that he's seeing. Well, I think that just shows George's moral values that he is not Oh yeah, he, has, he thinks b- less below, of people. But he can still pine after... Elizabeth. 
As we find out from I, that flashback we see a couple seasons later. Yeah. But again, there are tarot cards, though, without Agatha. I love that they're setting up that she's a cook, uh, like a cookie kind of lady early on, where the tarot cards tell her some, forebod- some foreboding stuff is going to happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it ain't good that Ross is around. It ain't going to be good for everyone. Yeah, and, and, and meanwhile, Verity is here hovering in the background of just like, yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, Sounds yeah. Verity, good. who's there at the wedding getting close up to Ross, like, hey, buddy, you're single still. I know Elizabeth has spoken for her. How are you doing, brother? That's his first cousin. And? That's, I guess Stranger Things have happened on these shows that we watch. I don't think Ross she, is making a plat pass of Verity. She just has a fawning eye for, for her cousin. Well, if your cousin was Aiden Turner, you, you would be like, hey, bro, hey, bro, can I stand next to you? Can I don't I have little, many cousins, so I can't really speak to this. Can I get some of your residual coolness? But are you saying, Dave, that you get you make googly eyes at your cousin sometimes? Well, if I had a cool cousin, and I, have, I guess I have a few, not not Ross Poldar cool, but if I had a cool cousin, he would be the person I'd want. He or she would want be the person I'd want to be standing next to at social events. Okay, yeah, that's fair. I get that. And uh, yeah, Aunt Agatha is doing a tarot reading, but there's also a cockfight at this wedding. Yeah, I like that. This with the father of the groom is like, all right, everybody, gather around. We're gonna watch a chicken kill another chicken. Keeping it classy around here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's the wedding, I think. Yeah, and then Ross heads into town. Uh huh. To pawn off his dad's pocket watch. Yep. Which is pretty surprising that Judd and Prudy haven't totally raided the house for all the goods to sell. <laughs> You'd think. <laughs> I guess they were all they under the bales of hay that they uh, have allowed to take over. But he walks into the city and uh, Cornwall, right? This is Cornwall. Or is it- yeah. Or, or, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's corn- this is where the show takes place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but he sees that a woman is getting harassed in the street. Well, yeah, there's a dog that's fighting, and they wanted to fight this other dog. Turns out that dog is Garrick. Yep. We throw Garrick in, and we see Demelza comes running by, saying, that's my dog. You can't have my dog fight. can't have my dog get killed. Mm-hmm. But everyone thinks Demelza's like a little boy. Well, uh, Ross keeps saying this child, this <laughs> child. <laughs> get the uh, child out of here. They do a good job. I mean, considering how much red hair she has, that cap really conceals it that she's wearing. Her her glow up is like immediate, and she's was, she has one of one of the biggest like rags to riches arcs arches in and in, in any of our shows. Yeah, her and Tom Branson. I, she cleans up this episode, but like within two to three episodes, is like, wait a second, that was that child. <laughs> when she gets the Princess Fiona dress, then it's game over. Mhm. Yeah. Th- then I see it. Mhm. Uh, but the way he fights off that guy though, that's attacking Garrick. The way he just takes the guy's cane and just whips him in the face. Yep. <laughs> Thirty-seven minutes is how long it takes Ross to get physical with somebody. It's awesome. Uh, and they tell him that that's Tom Car- Tom Carn's diner, a daughter, because he's at the bar giving her some food and stuff, and. He tells her, like, I can take you in, you know, take care of you. Yeah, he sees the good. Because it sounds like her, her father beats her most days, and she has 
six brothers. Yep. Where are the other four, Dave? Where where are they? Well, apparently they're they're pieces of trash. Yeah, because there's only two that come back around. Mm Hmm. And we see that there's the line where George is like, "Oh, Ross, what are you doing in here? Like, hanging out with the zeros, hanging out with the common people." And Ross is like, "Shut up, nerd!" and walks away (laughs) and leaves. Yeah. Leaves George in the dust. And and George has a, a side with Uncle Kerry where it's like he owns nothing worth having, but Uncle Kerry notes like he may have something in the future, so it's good to you know keep him in mind because we could take it from him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're they're from the get go. We're establishing these themes that stay very much present through the whole show. Yeah. And then Ross brings Demelza back, and and yep. Prudy and Judd are like, "Who is this this little boy?" <laughs> And Ross is like, we're getting the crawlers out of her hair. She's our new kitchen maid. Everyone thinks she's a child until you turn that spigot on and just wash her out. Yeah, wash out the crawlers. And it is like an immediate, like she pulls that little bonnet off and you're like, oh, hmm, hmm. She's a a girl. And you you notice too that when they ride up on the horse together, Garrick's not to be seen. And then they do a small little shot of Garrick running up after they've entered the household. And it's like, that dog had to run all the way from Cornwall to Nampara to get there? That's cr- That dog is something else. I think they kind of trotted on the... It looks like, it's like Red Dead Redemption or Grand Theft Auto where you hit the up button and whistle. And then Garrick mm-hmm. runs to you. So, Demelza just, <laughs> just had whistle to call and out Garrick to shows him. up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, uh, where are we going from there? Oh, this is when then Ross gets a letter from Uncle Charles, which is just full of cash. Yeah. He's basically padding the lobe, telling him, you got to get out of town. This is a little gift from me to you. He gets Carry a lot on. of money. It's stacks of bills. Oh, yeah. Surprising that, again, Judd and Prudy have not stolen this from him. No. But, I mean, he just got it. He just got it in the mail. Mm-hmm. Um, but you that, see, he's not entirely copacetic with uh, Demelzia because she's asking him to take the dog inside, and he's like, no, no, no. Keep that thing outside. So then, after that whole ordeal with Garrick in the house happens, we get a scene where Ross goes to Trenwith, and... Looking for Uncle Charles to, to tell him that he's going to leave or talk about the money, he bumps into Elizabeth instead. Mm-hmm. And he tells her, we can never be friends. That's his line. She says, <laughs> she's like, hey, Ross, my man, we got to make this work. I thought you were dead. This is where life has put us. And Ross is like, I don't care. You're not my friend. You're my girlfriend who... Left me for my cousin when I, when she thought I was dead. Yeah, I had this ring the whole time, <laughs> you know, like, but but she was trying to say like, well, it didn't mean that much, and it's like it meant a lot to him. Uh, Ross is like, you think I look cool walking around with a lady's ring on my pinky during the yeah, war? Right. Yeah, uh, you, you feel for him. You also feel like, man, Ross is really just punting any opportunity to like even like an annulment on the Francis and Elizabeth marriage he just never mm-hmm. he just never puts his foot right down when he needs to to say like come on I'm the one you're the one what are we doing yeah. here 
And and we see that like everybody wants him gone. Like Elizabeth's mom is like, stop thinking about Ross. Mm-hmm. Uncle Charles is like, don't you you know get out of town? You can still leave. Yeah. But nope. Yeah. And around that same time, though, some people are looking for him. Looking for him. They found him. They're in his house. It's the whole yeah. Karn crew. Tom Karn and his and his boys. Mm-hmm. It's not very clear if they're his sons. He just keeps saying, hey, boys, come on, boys. <laughs> Let's take them, boys. Yeah. Uh, so it, they start- it's not no Drake, no uh, Sam. No. Just... Just Tom and, and his his minions, and we see they're like, "You ready to fight?" And this is where Ross is like, "Yeah, bro, mm-hmm. let's go." And he goes, "I'm not alone." And you see out of the corner of the window, a Prudy sees that a small little militia of of Karn sympathizers is there. Yeah, and she she bolts. She's getting her cardio in for the week. Oh yeah, no, she she's got legs. Uh and she's going to go get help. We can wrap that right here. She goes to the uh, the pole dark house, knocks mm-hmm. on the door, and just gets rebuffed. <laughs> They're like, what are you talking about? And then you can see is that Uncle Charles like, well, maybe let him die. Maybe let him kill him. What He's a, a rascal. He's a rapscallion. Let him get yeah. whooped up for acting uh, acting like a ding-dong. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Judd he crosses paths with uh, the people, the militia that's coming there, and he then uh, proceeds to run away after threatening them. Once he realizes how many of them there are. Mm-hmm. And then this is, I think, Judd. This might be peak Judd. Judd this may be apex Judd. Is mm-hmm. he runs into Zaki and all the little crew, and immediately turns around and just starts whooping up these Karn boys. Yeah. Like, he's definitely swinging at Drake and Sam right now. He's putting these two boys down. Yeah, I mean, we obviously they're not there, but if they were there, they wouldn't care, and they'd be beating them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then, in, meanwhile, in the house, uh, Tom Karn is like, tells his two minions to back off. He's like, I got this. This is, this is mm-hmm. a fight I have to fight. And then Ross, like... He gets a couple of really good shots in on Ross, which is, oh, I was yeah. thinking in my head, maybe... He, they're having like a conversation, and then Tom just immediately does the cheap headbutt to Ross out of nowhere. Oh yeah, yeah. He just rocks him, and Ross is done. Or Ross is down. Yeah. But then Ross does what Ross does. He comes back and he beats the life out of Tom Carn. Uh-huh. And then he's like, he's like, what? What? He has like a one liner at the end. He's like, "See you later, dude," or something. <laughs> it's very flimsy. And then like this isn't the last you've seen of me. I'll be back. But but the best part is that Tom Carn's boys shake Ross's hand. <laughs> They're like, "You did it, man." Game respects you game. <laughs> I apologize. I was not familiar with your game. They say, and then they walk out the door. <laughs> and then Prudy comes running back in. She's like, "Okay, I thought you. Oh, this boy fights. He mm-hmm. fights." Yeah, she she's kind of caught off guard that uh, Ross has got that fight in them, and all Ross can do is just open the cupboard. And surprisingly, there's a bottle in there for him to drink from. It hasn't been emptied out by Judd and Prudy yet. <laughs> yeah, well, he does tell him at one point, he's like, "Get me some wine." Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, he's drinking, and uh, the episode ends with them kind of looking towards the future. 
because mm-hmm. he's talking with Zachy and the boys. It, it, kind of wild to realize that Zachy was here day one. I, yeah. I didn't realize he stuck around like that. That's uh, him. That's Zachy. But it ends with like a optimistic look of like, you know, we can figure out a way to make your land here. And Ross is kind of like crumpling up some of the pounds that Uncle Charles has given him. And, and they're looking off towards the mine. It's a challenge accepted. That's what Ross is saying. He says, this is a new opportunity for me to ruin mm-hmm. multiple lives. Yeah. And it's one of those things where it's just like, uh, you want to believe that Ross uh, will make this mine work because he's mm-hmm. got the underdog thing going for him. So when everyone tells him that mine is derelict, you're thinking, no, Ross knows something they don't. Little do we know. Ross is going to be proven wrong once, twice, many times throughout the show. Yeah. It is ironic that, our, you know, our big criticism early on in our Poldark run was that this is a show about mines and miners. Mm-hmm. The only time the mine is used in this show, in this episode, is to establish that Ross could have killed Francis and to say that he's got nothing. Yeah. So this is a show about people. Let's put it on the record. It's this the is people a, of Cornwall and Nampara. That's really what it's about. Well, Nampara is the house. It's the it's the uh, yeah. It's there's Cornwall. many people there. Yeah, there's a preacher who we don't remember the person's name. You know, I do uh, like in this episode also the foreshadowing where Uncle Charles is like, "Why don't you go to London?" You know, don't you think mm-hmm. you'd like it there? Ross says, "No, no, no, not for me, bro." <laughs> no, <laughs> never. Gonna imagine happen. how different, like, the lives of everyone would be if Ross just left. Like, Francis wouldn't die. Mm-hmm. Elizabeth wouldn't die. Aunt Agatha would yeah. live a little longer because God knows George drove her to die. Yep. I mean, maybe Demelza and Garrick would would have a much lower quality. I mean, und- an undisputed lower quality of life. But mm-hmm. the rich, the the higher end friends that Ross has would probably live a similar life. Because Zaki doesn't live in, in riches. Yeah. And... The rest of the crew doesn't. So it is funny that Ross Ross staying does a lot of damage to a lot of people. That is true. Uh, but Dave, overall, as a opener for, for this show, I think it still packs its punch. It's still solid. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I think this is a good this is a good couple show, I think. I think because mm-hmm. it, it is not as it's soapy like a period drama, like a fellowsy period drama, but it has like the alpha characters that will hit you in the head and and yeah. headbutt you, but also the intrigue of what happens at this mine. Are they going to find riches? What's he going to do with his life? Mm-hmm. This is a great, great uh, premiere. Yeah, it's all just because Ross just kicks ass, man. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Undeniably, so yeah, I'm glad we revisited this. It almost makes me want to go back and watch the show again, but it's like, no, no, no. We we we've done it. <laughs> we we got to save that one. Yeah, but I mean, in these couple weeks, I definitely am thinking, man, if this was this much fun, there are episodes of Poldark that I would love to revisit. So who knows what the next few weeks will hold? That's true. That's true. Listeners, get to us with some recommendations of one-offs that you'd like us to visit. Yeah. Now, you don't have power rankings, but I do. No. Okay. And you can tell me if you agree or disagree, I guess. So I can just run through this pretty quick because Mm -hmm. uh, just because I'm the only one. Going down... Negative, or you know, third place going down, having the third worst week. I got Uncle Charles because mm. this dude sees the writing on the wall. 
He sees his uber charismatic and hunky nephew return from the dead. Yeah. As his son announces his engagement, his doofus gambling addict addicted son. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, no. And he tries to buy off Ross and fails. Yeah. So that's why he's at number three. Okay. Number two, I got Tom Carr. Okay. Because this guy and his whole posse come and get whooped up by Ross, mm-hmm. Judd, Zachy, and the other crew. And they have the drop on them, too. And they still get beat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and they, they basically can't chase down an old, drunk Judd. Like, mm-hmm. Judd wins, wins that foot race. Yeah. Judd should immediately be, like, met at a corner and just beaten to death. Mm-hmm. But nope. It, it, that would have been funny if they beat them to death in the first episode. And it's like, well, Ross is going to jail. That's pole mm-hmm. dark. <laughs> when at number one, I think the worst week for the worst character, I think on a rewatch, it's Elizabeth. Yeah. 100%. Her heart is just put right in the crosshairs of this situation. And she's got to, you know, eat crow and marry yeah. Francis. It's rough. There's just the wrong choice after wrong choice is made from the start, and she's just kind of doomed and mm-hmm. fated to follow it. Yeah. So, so that's a, it's our, it, thing. Let's just say her life doesn't have a net improvement for. She has some some. It's very much a roller coaster where a lot of the roller coaster is on the yeah. down. Yep, yeah, I'd agree with that, that. Those rankings, Dave. Those sound about right. Okay. Good. So. On the upside, third place, I got to give it to Judd. Because this guy, you know, Ross basically tells him, I could fire you because you're just living in my house, sleeping in my bed, you know, doing whatever you're doing, drinking my alcohol. There's goats and and tumbleweeds in my house. Mm -hmm. But not only does he keep him on, Judd, Judd has this moment at the end of the episode where he whoops up these dudes in the name of the Poldark family. Like, he comes back. Ready to go. <laughs> yeah. I, I agree with that. So that's so, number three. Num- number John, two going actually, up. I, I did note, though, he looks cleaner this episode than he does in later episodes. Which is ironic. Like, he's he's in his most, you know, he's in his, his like, bum era right now. Yeah. Where he, his hair looks distinctly blonde when he's outside, like, warding off those guys. <laughs> yeah. He, he's got that, like, late career Ric Flair blonde going. Oh, yeah. So number two. I got, you know, his 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 fancy hair is George. We established right out the gate. Mm-hmm. George's got money. George has made something for himself with his life, which is something I don't think you pick up on the first time because you really don't get the context of where he started. He's just okay. this guy there. and But knowing what we know about George, he's playing the game from day one. Yeah. And, I mean, number one going up, it's a layup. It's the Melza. She gets taken from a, a dad who beats her up, get the crawlers out of her hair, and she she's living the dream now. She's got a job. She's okay. hiding in a cupboard. No, she definitely has has the, the best week of anyone getting getting to come up, but to have George in there over Ross. Ross on, the man. thing is, Ross, you can't get Ross's dad is dead. Sure. Ross's girl is with his best friend, his cousin. Okay. Ross's minds are derelict. His house is a mess. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'd say Francis then. If we got to go choose, it's not George. George doesn't get enough screen time. In this episode, okay. we see Francis 
is going to marry Ross's girl, and there's nothing Ross can do about it. Yeah, but Fra- he's not happy about it. Ra- Francis isn't like a mean-spirited guy. He's like, I'm sorry, this is what's happening. I hope you're cool with it. And Elizabeth is like, I'm cool with it, even though... But that's like saying, like, we- sorry, I got the last piece of chicken. You know, you I was more hungry la- than you. Okay. <laughs> well, you could have done rankings, too, and you didn't, so... I co- I, I, it's been a long, busy week. <laughs> well, it ha- it has indeed. Um, but that's it. We, we don't know yeah. exactly what we're going to cover next week. We're open to suggestions. Dave, we're seeing the Expendables this weekend, aren't we? I hope so. I would like to. I, I mean, I want to watch two and three before then. I don't know. Why don't we just talk about that next week on the podcast? Oh, hey, I would. Um, Do you think I Ross going, could be an Expendable? Aiden Turner could be an Expendable. I was thinking for a Patreon episode, we do some some Expendables related content because <laughs> it is. Um, I rewatched the first one, and it is a a delight. Of, if of we sorts. had to assemble a mercenary team of characters from the show, who would be on that team? Yeah, we'll talk. We'll talk about it behind the paywall. But okay. I will say, if Andy Garcia and Harrison Ford and Kelsey Grammer can get poster placement in this franchise, we can make room for Ross and some Mr. other Bates. characters. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Dave, you been watching anything else? Um. Well, I'm going to see the Jets Patriots game on Sunday. All right. So. Uh, in preparation, I've watched the first couple of Hard Knocks episode, which is kind of what's stopping me from watching these Expendables movies because I haven't seen two or three in years. I, uh, just based on how the fortunes of the Jets season has changed, I don't think you necessarily need to watch Hard Knocks, Dave. Well, it's, I was told, so my girlfriend's family are diehard Jets people. Oh, okay. And I believe the guy who made the the big score at the end of the overtime. Mm-hmm is almost cut or something and that's a pretty dramatic sequence in hard knock so we got to get to that yeah sure but watch watching aaron Rodgers watch like leslie nielsen is uh is interesting yeah the, the way to hype a team up is to get them to watch leslie nielsen and, uh, and austin go, powers austin powers so bizarre it's so strange well, just wait till you get to do. the last episode there's a 15 20 minute stretch of aaron Rodgers telling a story that's just bizarre well, yeah, I mean, we can fast forward through that because God knows that he's... No, he's you got to watch that. It's the best highlight of the season. <laughs> okay. What about you? You been watching anything? No, I was in Florida over the weekend. <laughs> and, well, living uh, the dream. I, I went to a concert on Friday, then woke up and was on a plane by 8.45 the next morning. And uh, yeah, yeah, it was hot. It was 100 degrees at this game that I was at, the Jaguars versus Chiefs. There was no shade. Uh they, there was a pop of Ric Flair on the Jumbotron to get the crowd hype saying, woo, and the, the crowd wooed. Uh, <laughs> but it was hot. I have this sunburnt nose that makes it look like I'm Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. The game wasn't that great, but I had a great time with my friends. We drank, we ate a lot, and I got back on Monday, and here we are. All right. Well, here we are next week. Send us some yeah. recommendations. Do you want to watch Ross Poldark Duel? Mm-hmm. Do you want to watch the, the heist episode? Do we want to watch some Downton? I would like to watch a Downton or two. I'm going to put that out there to the fans. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we could, we could so, fix that. So let us that. know. But until then, you know where to find us. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, lordsgrantham at gmail.com. Leave us five-star rating room review if you so choose on any podcast that you listen to us on. You can find our whole ar- archive on Podbean. Uh, and you can also subscribe to our Patreon if you want to hear some bonus content and join our Lords of Grantham Lounge. And thank you again for listening.